You are listening to the Adoption and Fertility Finance Show, where we prepare you financially for adoption or fertility. Navigating the waters financially for adoption and fertility can be intimidating. And your host, Laura Coleman, knows that firsthand after spending $35,000 for IVF and adopting three children. She's made it her mission to help other couples realize their dream by living their financial life with intention. Today's podcast episode is being sponsored by the Adoption and Fertility Grant Success Course. Learn step-by-step instructions on how to create a successful adoption or fertility grant. You can find more information at familymoneycoaching.org and click on shop. I am really excited for today's episode with Francis Jones. Francis is in, has an MA in educational leadership and a master's in accountancy. She is a certified scrum master and an IPEC certified professional coach, an energy leadership index master practitioner, as well as the local member of the International Coaching Federation. She is the founder of Heart Desires Fulfillment Coaching, and she focuses on something that's really near and dear to my heart, and that's infertility coaching. As many of you have been listening to the show, you've heard my personal story about infertility and how we did IVF five times and it ended in a miscarriage. As I've been looking for ways to help you on your journey, I was really excited to find out about Francis. Today, we're going to be talking about the emotional stigmas, um, talking about discouragement, getting the motivation, uh, depression, how you can deal with the emotions around infertility. And so, Francis, I am excited to welcome you to the show today. Well, thank you. I'm so excited about being here. Tell me a little bit about the book that you are currently writing. Okay. So the name of the book is Overcoming the Emotional Stigmas of Infertility, Barren but Not Ashamed. And the way that book came to be, came to be is um, I was diagnosed with an extreme severe case of endometriosis back 20 years ago. It really kind of impacted my life in such a way because I always thought I was able to have children. My mom, she had 10 children. Her sisters, one had 10 children, one had seven. All of my sisters have children. I am the only one that was not able to conceive. Even my nieces, all of them have children with the exception of one who just recently got married. My stepdaughter, she has children. So it got to the point where I began to look at myself as damaged goods. I thought maybe that I had done something wrong in life that caused a a curse, so to speak. Not really a curse, but you know how the mindset works with you and it makes you feel like something's wrong with you. You've done something to deserve this punishment. So I went through so many emotions. I went through so many heartaches, watching my friends being able to conceive, my coworkers being able to conceive. I'm being shown books and, and, and of things about how, you know, my coworkers were progressing in their pregnancies. And I'm sitting back looking and wondering, when is it going to be my turn? Well, 20 years later, my turn never came. I was never able to conceive. But throughout that 20-year period of life, I was able to learn some things. And I'm sharing those things with the people that will, you know, invest in reading the book. 
So some of the things I really dealt with was the blame game, as I've already mentioned. Um, I looked at myself and I wondered, what do I need to do in order to be a better person? So I had already categorized myself in a sense as not being a good person because everybody else in my family has kids. Why not me? And then I also began to look at the fact that here I am, the youngest of seven children that were living, the youngest daughter. So I'm seeing all of my older sisters have children. And then I began to look at discouragement was starting to come into my life. I began to close in and not tell anybody what was going on with me. On the outside, Francis was the happiest person. She laughed. And that's who I am genuinely. But I kept things deep within. And I didn't even tell my own husband what I was feeling. And as I began to write the book and I was sharing with my sisters, they even told me I had no idea that you was going through this because I kept it to myself. I felt like I'm going to just handle this. I'm going to be able to be strong because, you know, a lot of people depend on me. A lot of people look to me for advice. A lot of people look to me for encouragement. So in my mind, how can I tell others that I'm dealing with something so hard when they are already looking for me to motivate and encourage them? And so looking at my life, looking at my heartaches, looking at my challenges, I got to the point where enough was enough. I decided that I wasn't going to beat myself up. I decided that having children did not make me valuable and not having children didn't make me invaluable. I learned that I have so much to offer. There's a lot of love in my heart. And I was able to give that love in so many different ways. My husband and I, after going through treatment and being, you know, I was diagnosed not just with infertility uh, as it relates to endometriosis, but my FSH levels were extremely high, a 20. And so the doctor told me that my chances of conceiving were very, very, very low, but I was willing to try anyway. And so I went through, you know, taking Clomid. I went through surgeries. I had to do, do a couple of surgeries. My, the infertility, the endometriosis was so bad. The first time I had a laparoscopy, my ovaries were literally glued to my back. And the only thing the doctor could do was unstick them. He said scarring was so bad, there was nothing that they could do. But one of my tubes were able to flow blue dye. So they thought, that, okay, well, maybe that's something that we could work with. So going through IUI, I went through that, several rounds of that, it didn't work. I went through a second laparoscopy surgery, and this time my ovaries were glued to the front. So it was, I was in so much pain, physically and emotionally. My husband, there was absolutely nothing wrong with him. At one point in time though, he had went through surgery before he and I met, were um, diagnosed with prostate cancer. And he was only about 18, 19 years old. And so, but he was able in his first marriage to conceive his beautiful daughter, who is now, you know, our daughter together. And looking at that, I felt like he couldn't really understand what I was going through because he had a blood child. And not being able to conceive, you know, was difficult, even though 
my daughter and I, my husband, and I, we raised her together. I was her full-time mom and she had, you know, weekends with her birth mom. My husband had full custody and we had a great relationship up to a certain point in time, but she wanted to spend more time with her birth mother. And so it seemed like there was conflicts because, you know, here I am trying to love her, not be her mom on top of her birth mom. I wasn't trying to take her birth mom's place. I just wanted to find a place in her heart. And so she was stuck in the middle. And so there began to be challenges there. And I felt like she was rejecting me. So not only was I having issues of not being able to birth a child, conceive a child, now I'm having issues of not being able to have a close relationship with the only child that I had, my only chance of having a child in my mind. And so I had to go through those type of issues, those type of, uh, of problems and confrontations. So uh, maybe three or four years after I couldn't conceive, my husband and I decided that we were going to adopt or at least try adoption. So we went through um, the classes. It was like a six or eight week course that we went through. And after we passed the course and was certified to be able to be a, to adopt, it came to a point where I began to have a feeling that there was going to be more than one child that we would adopt. And I went to my husband and I told him, um, I'm thinking that there's going to be two children that we're going to adopt. How do you feel about that? And so in his mind, well, we were only looking for one. But I told him, I said, I have a feeling there's going to be two. And not long after that, um, the adoption agency contacted us and said they had two brothers ages two and four. At the time, they didn't even know they were boys. They said, we have two children. They thought they were girls. And we need to get them out of where they were right then and place them in a home. Would you be willing to take them? We need you to get them like on Friday. It was Wednesday at the time. And I kind of said, no, not right now. We need to know something about these children. And so I went and I was able to look at their records and I began to pray for them. And I knew in my heart that they were supposed to be with us. So my husband and I, we made the decision and we got a chance to spend a weekend with them and I knew that they would be ours. We knew that they would be ours. But you would think that even though I now have three children, ages at that time, 12, two and four, that I, my life would be complete, that I would be okay. But I still wasn't okay because I felt something was missing, that nurturing part of having and that feeling of having a child live within your body, grow within your body, that never really goes away in my opinion. But you can come to the point where you can embrace that and accept that this is the part of life that you're living in. When I was dealing with my emotions, I loved my children with all my heart. I loved my children as though I birthed them into this world myself. But those negative emotions, it took me a long time to get past those because I was trying to do it on my own. And in a sense, that was a good thing because, because if I had not gone through what I went through, I could not help people today. I learned some techniques that I like to share with people. The one thing that I would like to tell people is that your thoughts and your words are some of the most powerful things, powerful tools that you could ever use. You can use them in the positive 
and you can use them in the negative. If you speak that you are worthless, if you think with a lot of emotions that you are worthless, those things will begin to gravitate to you. But if you begin to shift your mindset and begin to understand that having infertility does not make you less of a woman. I remember a story when I was about 19 years old and there was this um, acquaintance of mine and she asked me one day, you know, and I of course didn't know I wasn't going to be able to have children, but she asked me, how many children would you like to have? And I immediately said, I want five. I came from a big family. I wanted five children. And she said, you want five kids? Oh, wow. You're a real woman. And so I beamed with so much pride and joy with the idea of wanting five children, not even having them, but wanting five children made me a real woman. But then when I realized that I could not have children, I began to fight the demons of, see, you're not even a real woman. You can't even have not five kids, but you can't even have one. I began to torment myself. And so those thoughts that continued to harbor in my mind, I believe even magnified my ability not to have children. I didn't know what I know now. Your thoughts and your words become life. And so I want the audience to know, the listeners to know, if you're doing that to yourself, stop. Don't torment yourself. I know that there was a client of mine, an infertility client, and she thought she would not be able to have children. I asked her, were you ever diagnosed with infertility? And she told me no. But she had convinced herself that she couldn't have children. And that was manifesting in her life. So I began to work with her and I shifted her from a mindset of disbelief to a mindset of belief. It didn't happen overnight. I sent her encouraging words. I shared with her from my heart. And I began to see the shift in her life. And now today, she has a beautiful son. And I'm excited about that. You are wonderful and powerful and important. And don't let a part of your body that's not working as you want it to work or as it should work, define who you are. Motivation is so key. And one thing I like to tell people is this. A lot of times I've heard and I've spoken with individuals who are dealing with infertility and they shy away from baby showers. They don't want to be in it. They don't want to have anything to do with it. Because, and I understand that, it's, it's like being reminded of what you don't have. But I want people to understand, don't look at it that way. Look at it as though life is showing you what you could have. You're projected in your heart that you want children. And so you're being put in that circle of being around children. And you're actually drawing it to you. But when you think of it as, <clears throat> a heartache, you begin to push it away. I use this as an example. <clears throat> Excuse me. I use this as an example. 
Have you ever thought about getting a certain type of vehicle or even going and purchasing a particular vehicle and you never noticed that vehicle on the road until you began to either want one or began to purchase one? And all of a sudden, let's say it's a, it's a Ford truck as an example. You never noticed the Ford trucks before. Then all of a sudden you decide you want a Ford truck, a Ford, let's say F-150 as an example. And now all of a sudden you're seeing Ford trucks everywhere you go. That's because you're drawing that to you. You are actually attracting that to you. So I tell my clients, when you are being invited to baby showers, you're actually attracting a baby to you, but you don't realize it. So instead of looking at it as a heartache and looking at it as a way of being reminded of what you don't have, look at it as I'm drawing what I want to me because that's exactly what you're doing. You're attracting it, but because you don't recognize it's what you're doing, you shun away from it. So I, I like to tell people that don't, don't fight what life is trying to share with you because it's trying to give you a message, a message of hope, a message of possibility, a message of encouragement. I began to look at what life was showing me and it helped me to change my mindset. I stopped thinking of myself as damaged goods. I stopped thinking of myself as someone who's inferior to a woman who could have children. I stopped viewing myself that way. And I started looking at myself as who I was, a loving, wonderful wife with a big heart and a love for people and a love for children. And so that's what the book is about. It's about my life, what I went through, the mistakes I made, the enlightenment I began to receive, and being able to help people get past the hurdles that I went through. And the different individuals that I've spoken with over the years that are dealing with infertility, we may not go through exactly the same thing, but there are similarities. Hurting hearts can be healed. We don't have to go through our entire life feeling like if I don't have a child, my life is over. That is not true if I'm not able to conceive. And, and there are some women who, you know, they don't want to adopt and that's okay. There are some women who make the decision to just be childish the rest of childless the rest of their life and that's okay. But free yourself from the tormenting thoughts that can often come that will cause you to devalue, devalue yourself. Like I stated earlier, a child does not make you a woman or less of a person and having a child does not make you a woman and more of a person. You know, Francis, as I've been listening to you, uh, you've really touched my heart because, you know, some of the things that you said, I'm like, yeah, I've felt that I, um, I do struggle with going to baby showers. Um, and and I'm grateful that you have said what you've said because it's truly uh, humbled me to realize that I need to change my own heart in regards to baby showers. 
I don't want to attract any more children. Three is good for me. <laughs> we, we've adopted our three. And um, I'm, th- I'm 43 years old. Just had my birthday. Oh, and, and, uh, but I'm, I'm good. I'm good with three, but, but I, I loved that you, uh, talked about manifesting those things into your life that if you want something, then, then think positively to bring it into your life instead of negatively. And I also know that those negative feelings bring the discouragement and the fighting and the marital conflict and it that discouragement stops you from achieving your goals and so i love that you discuss that like i my, my heart's really been touched listening to you t- talk about your story and about um, how you help your clients um, i really felt like i was in a counseling session like learning like gleaning from you and i i had to press mute because i you know, I, I didn't want to interrupt you because it, it, it really, uh, it, it truly touched my heart. And I, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, and, and also with, with those who are listening today, because we've been there, we've, I, I just felt like I was like listening to myself talk and I'm like, yeah, I felt that. Yeah, that, that has been a, a struggle for me. And then as you talked about how to overcome it, it was like a healing, you know, comes over my, my body. And, and so I, I know that there, there's another person, hopefully more than one, but I know there's someone else listening that needed to hear this interview so that there could be healing in their heart and the bitterness and the envy and the strife that they have felt about their own particular situation, that they can begin that healing and become whole again. Mm. And I just, I want that woman to know that, that she's loved and that she's important Mm. and that she can pull herself up out of the hole that, that she's in, that she can become again and truly feel her self-worth that it is not um, predicated upon you having a child you know I know that for myself got married um, almost nine years ago and I too wanted to be married by the time I was 25 and have two kids before I was 25 and then have a total of five kids and that did not happen. I mean, I was 34 before I got married (laughs) and, and my husband and I met married in seven months. So it's not like I like held on to him for a couple of years before I got married. Uh, and then, and then, you know, wanted to have kids immediately because I believe in families and I felt the same way you did when you were talking about your sisters and I am the third of six children my oldest sister has eight children. My younger sister has four. And then the other three have, have two kids each, um, two brothers and two and a sister. And, and so I, I felt that same way, like inadequate. Mm-hmm. Um, like I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't truly a woman or a 
good Christian if I could not bring children into this world? And, and so as I'm listening to you, I, I, I just, it really hit me like, yeah, I am a, a woman who is, has worth and we, each of us have individual experiences to help strengthen us and help us become the person that we need to become. I, I do feel that I went through my experiences so that I would then start this podcast and be able to help other women on this journey because it is not fun to be alone. If I was just like my sisters, I would definitely not be having these conversations and strengthening other women in this regard and, and strengthening marriages because it does take a real toll on your marriage. And, Mm -hmm. and so I just, uh, Thank you for for sharing that. It was it was wonderful. Um, you um, where can f- someone find you in the next um, the next little bit? Um, they can actually go to my website at heart h e a r t desires d e s i r e s coaching dot com. Um. That way they can actually read my story. They can actually uh, get a chance to connect with me. I even offer a free consultation for anyone who wants to talk. That's my life is helping others. So I'm looking forward to meeting so many different people and sharing my life and, and helping others. It's just, it's so amazing when you meet the different people who are going through this infertility journey and you hear their stories and you can connect with them. They know that someone understands and someone cares and they're not alone. So those are the places that they can meet. They can connect with me. I'm on Facebook, Heart Desires Coaching on Facebook and Instagram. And so they can also connect with me on Twitter and LinkedIn. (laughs) I'm everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) Well, thank you again so much, Francis, for coming on today's episode and, and sharing your story. And I, I do know that what you're doing can really change lives. And um, it's more about the healing of our, our souls and becoming, being able to recognize the feelings that you have regarding fertility and then um, being able to use it for good instead of the negative and attracting those things that we want in our life. And you can also use those same principles when trying to raise money too. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. (laughs) So, all right. Well, thank you again so much for coming on today's show. And I appreciate you having me on the show. I just want to share one more thing. Sure. Is that anyone who would like to get a free excerpt of the book, they can go to my Heart Desires Coaching website, look on up and coming book. And they can actually get a free download of the the book. Nice. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I'll make sure that we have those links in our show notes as well. And and that that will also be on our website. So everyone can, can receive that. Are you a hopeful adoptive parent? Come join the Facebook group, Paying for Adoption. We 
love to talk about money and how you can raise the money for adoption. Go join our community, Paying for Adoption, and begin the fun journey.